as we'll see my here we are. As I read the New Testament, I see a lot more of what Afton was was talking about as far as ministering to the body. You know? I mean, just speaking. How many of that just ministered to your heart? That's how the word, yeah, totally. God has called us to be ministers of reconciliation. Yes, all the kids can go. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to card you. You can go if you want. It's okay. All right. Well, if you get bored, you can just get up and go. The rest of you have to stay. Um, <clears throat> but I'm praying that the Lord would just uh, use each of you like that in, the, in our lives. That's what it's about, you know. Also, I want to praise God for Lori and Marilyn being back. <laughs> Welcome to back to our side of our. What time is it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who knows, right? Uh, one more request. Also, uh, we need probably two or three guys this Thursday at six o'clock to help move some furniture out of the office. Is anybody willing to help? I will be gone. Uh, PM. 6 o'clock p.m. on Thursday. Flesh is dying. Oh, yes. One, two, three. Okay. Meet John here, 6 p.m. Thursday night, please. All right. Thank you, guys. That's, that was pretty good. And, you know, also, you know, at, right after service, I think it would be great to, Judy, to pray for you. Uh, uh, right after service, to lay hands on you, too. So, you know, to kick off our prayer meeting. So we'll do that. Anybody needs prayer, this is what it's about. Um, how many of you have been blessed as we've been going over it now? I was kind of put you on the spot, but I'm not talking about me talking. I'm just talking about what God's been saying through the book of Haggai. Anybody? Okay, all seven of you. Wonderful. <laughs> but it really blows me away how the Lord speaks in this two-chapter book to our lives right now. So I just want to finish it off this week. And I just want to recap and read real quickly. In the second year, this is in chapter 1, verse 1. On the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest. And this is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say the time has not yet come. For the Lord's house to be built. And again, they had been in captivity for 70 years. They had finally come back into the land, back to Jerusalem. Most of the Jews who were in captivity stayed in captivity. They stayed, they had families, and they got used to the culture. They stayed. This group of people decided, hey, we're going back. We're going back to the city of God. And they were zealous for it. And they started to rebuild the temple. They laid the foundation. They got as far as four years into it laying the foundation back in the land for four years, and then all of a sudden came to an abrupt stop because of just people, like we talked about last week, bugging them from the outside, getting them to stop. Their own discouragement in their hearts. The government's down on them. Just the enemy using all types of influence to stop the people of God from the worship of God. And that same thing is happening in each of our lives. 
The enemy will use people. The enemy will use the powers that be. He will use our emotions. He will use our circumstances to discourage us, to stop us from pursuing God, pursuing Christ. Any of you experience that? Get so darn discouraged in your soul. I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm just going to stop. I'm giving up, Lord. And here we sit, just kind of rusting away. The enemy has several different tactics. And it worked on these people. And so what did they decide to do? When you get discouraged in God, you just do what comes naturally, self, right? Take care of me. And so we do that. We're all guilty of it. And so we, they made themselves number one. Yep, there he goes. <laughs> it's all right, buddy. And so the priority was no longer upon the things of God. Anybody had a shifted priority away from the things of God and on yourself? What we do with our time and, and our finances, what we do with, uh, you know, I mean, just our kids, our attitudes, everything. I mean, this culture is pulling us. If we don't think that this world is anti-Christ, boy, we have something else coming. Because our nature is not to go, oh, yes, God, I want to follow you with all my heart, is it? <laughs> you don't have to teach your children to be bad. They're professionals. Like I said, they're sinnerlings, man. They just go for it from the beginning, and so do we. And then they become really good at it by watching us. But God is gracious. He doesn't leave us where we are. You know, the time has not come. That was their excuse. I don't have time for your things, Lord. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house remains a ruin? And again, it wasn't the fact that they had nice houses. It was the fact that God's house was in ruins. Now, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Think about that. You have planted much, but you have har harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You put on clothes, but you are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. So they're experiencing lack in their life. And what sometimes we don't realize is that sometimes our circumstances, when they are difficult, are actually God's working in our heart to, to wake us up. Sometimes. You know, we love to blame it all the time on, you know, different things. But you will have tribulation just living in the world. But sometimes God's just trying to get a hold of you. You've got a mysterious health problem pops up. You've got, you know, just all of a sudden trouble at work. You've got, you know, just certain circumstances. Your finances have gone to pot, you know. You're working, you're busting it, you're going for it. And it just never meets. It never satisfies. You're just gone in your heart. Anybody have that? Anybody experienced that? This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give, give real thought to your ways. You've done all these things, but it's just not satisfying. Verse 7, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up to the mountain and bring down timber and build the, and build the house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. Put your focus back on the king and his things, is what he's saying. Seek first the kingdom. And all these things will be added unto you. Now, I don't, want to, uh, I don't want to get into all the prosperity. We'll talk about that stuff, the prosperity gospel. But seek first the kingdom. And that's what he's saying to them. 
This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought. Go up to the mountains and start working on decking out my house instead of yours. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why? Good question, declares the Lord Almighty. Because of my house, which remains a ruin. While each of you is busy with his own house, therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth its crops. They called for a drought on the fields and the mountains, on the grain, the new wine, the oil, and whatever ground produces, on men and cattle, on the labor of your hands. And in the same way that these people were experiencing material drought, I believe that we experience spiritual drought. Anyone? You know, you're praying and it just doesn't happen. There's just conflict and war and strife and there's just, you can't attain peace. What's going on? There's just this warfare going on. There just isn't victory. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, Joshua, the son of Ze- uh, Jehozadak, the high priest, and the whole remnant of the people, they obeyed the voice of the Lord, their God, and the message of the prophet Haggai, because the Lord their God had sent them, and the people feared the Lord. You see, when there's an absence of the fear of the Lord, there's an absence of worship. When people don't have the fear of the Lord, when they don't realize their place in, in who he is and who we are, there's, a, there's an irreverence. When there's an irreverence, why do I have to do anything that would please you? Anybody have kids that kind of do that? <laughs> there's a lack of you know, proper recognition of authority. And we're living in a, in, in, in a society that is breeding this, that promotes disrespect. It shouldn't be named among us. We should have the fear of the Lord in us, realizing, wow, Lord, I'm about you. You bought me with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, and I'll tell you what, every drop I have, everything I am, Lord, take, take me over and use me for your kingdom. And that's going to hurt, isn't it? It's going to look like death. The cross is nasty business. It's where we go to die, and then life begins. Think of all the things that God would want to crucify in our lives, in our church, so for his glory. But we choose to hold on to the world. I can do it my way too, right? I can have this and do that. Boy. Inserrubable. They obeyed the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, verse 13, gave this message. See, once they responded and they start doing, what does God do? I am with you, declares the Lord. I'm with you. And that's what satisfies our soul, is the presence of the living God. Knowing that he's speaking to us. Any of you had a a really difficult time in your life? Well, Afton, just a perfect example. Just, I mean, her tooth being ripped out by an MRI, her body's falling apart, but God speaks to her, and she has a peace. I'm with you tell you what, there's no one that can take that away. And that's what these people need. That's what satisfies the soul. It's not all the other stuff. I'm with you, declares the Lord. Verse 14, so the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel. He stirred up the spirit of Joshua, 
high priest, right? And the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. God stirred up their hearts. Once they stepped out in obedience, God gave them the power to do it. They came and began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty, their God. And on the 24th day of the sixth month, in the second year of King Darius, that's when they did it. They decided, okay, this is it. We're all in. We're going to do it. And as a people, they decided, we are, we are yours, God. We're going to obey you. We're going to put our hearts back to focusing on you. And it's not that you, you know, we can't you know, do all these other activities. It's just that you become number one. And there's a season where they just focus like a laser beam on the Lord so that everything else falls into place. And I asked, you know, the church, I asked myself, what is your life defined by? If someone else were looking at you, what would they say that you, who you are? Not what you think you are. <laughs> what defines you? What would the Lord say? What does his word say? How do we stack up against it? Are, are we really, truly Christians? Are we followers of Jesus Christ? Is it re- represented in our actions? And I, I, this, is sub, this is stuff the Lord is working on me on. They, became, they came and they began to work on the house of the Lord. And on the 20, uh, 21st day of the seventh month, the word of the Lord came, chapter 2, through the prophet Haggai, speak! To Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, the governor of Judah, to Joshua, son of uh, Jehozadak, the high priest, into the remnant of the people, and ask them, Who is yet left who saw this house, its former glory? How does it look to you now? Does it seem like nothing to you? And again, when we start to follow the Lord again, when we wake up and we actually start following after again, boy, we want the instant gratification in this culture. Amen? Instant gratification. God, you've got to show up in... Like, you've got to do a lightning bolt trick for me, otherwise this is not going to happen. I've got to be entertained by you. I've got to feel it. Anyone? I want to feel like this is fun. If it's not fun, then, boy, I, I really don't want to be building a house because it's all about fun. Or it's all about self-gratification. It's all about selfishness. You know, there are things that God asks people to do that just blow my mind. I want you to lie down on your side, you know, half naked for, for, for half a year. What? These prophets, why? Because I'm God and you're not, just do it. And we go, no, I'm, I'm prideful. But he had a point he was making through that person's life. The things we, he asks us to do sometimes are not fun. Yeah, totally, read the prophets. I'm sorry if I'm tripping some of you out. <laughs> Those guys had a really hard time. But, he goes on, he says, verse 4 of chapter 2, says, be strong now. O Zerubbabel declares the Lord, be strong. Because the, uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry, be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord in work. Continue in it. Be strong. Be courageous. Continue in the work. For I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. This is what I coveted with you when you came out of Egypt, and my spirit remained among you. Do not fear. Don't be afraid. Press in. Go for it. Abandon yourself fully to Christ. It looks scary. Death isn't fun. But go for it and you will reap life. And this is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while I will once more shake the heavens and the earth. 
the sea and the dry land. I will shake all the nations, and the desire of all nations will come, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. It's going to happen again. My presence will be here. My power will be displayed again. How many of you want that to happen in our church, in our lives, in our families, in this valley? How many of you are you willing to die to self for it? Not many. We want the cake, but we don't want to bake it. <laughs> you know? We got one foot in the, in the gutter, one fist in the gold. Some of you amaze me with your work ethic. You know, I just look at you guys going, man, you guys are just amazing. Just blow me away. Lord, give me that discipline for you. Lord, help me to be like that towards you. But God says, the silver is mine. The gold is mine, declares the Lord. But the things that they were going after, he says, it's mine. It's all in my hands. Come to me. Not for the money's sake. But uh, verse 9 says, then the glory of the, uh, this present hell will be greater than the, than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, I will grant peace, declares the Lord. How many of you need peace in your life? Gosh, I need peace. I'm raging inside. I've got war going on. Where's the peace found? In his presence. How many of us are trying to get peace from other things? Yes, it's okay to send your kids away. I understand that. But I'm just saying, trying to get like spiritual peace, you know? Dennis is all, yes, she's camping. Pray for her. You know, pray for me, right? I'm sleeping. <laughs> but I'm just saying, it's okay to send and, and have times of rest. But the true peace that comes in his presence by knowing that you're his and he is yours and he speaks to your heart. I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. And now this week, on the 24th day of the ninth month in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Haggai. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Ask the priests what the law says. He's going to give them a little theology lessons. If a person carries consecrated meat, holy meat, something that's set apart for the Lord, in the fold of his garment, and the fold touches some bread or some stew or some wine or oil, other food, does it become consecrated? Does that other food become consecrated? No. It doesn't. Then Haggai said, if a person is, uh, if a person defiled by contact with a dead body touches one of these things, does it become defiled? Yes. Holiness isn't transferred. Holiness isn't transferred. This is very interesting from us to one another, or from us to something. Actually, defilement is transferred. A defiled person in, in the Jewish culture touched something, they became defiled. Whoever they touched became defiled. It talks about sin, our lifestyle, who we are. Going to church doesn't make you holy. Going back to Jerusalem did not make them consecrated and holy. That wasn't it. Just because they were doing all these things and now they're starting to rebuild the house, that's not what made them holy. That's not what made them set apart. There's only one person I know that is holy, and if you touch them, you become holy. Remember Jesus in the story of the woman at, at, you know, of, of, with the issue of blood? 
12 years suffering. And in that culture, you had that situation go on. You were unclean. You know, I don't want to go into too details because, but, you know, women that time, if you're sitting on a couch or something, you get up. Guys can't go sit on that couch. They'll be unclean. Why? Because there's something about the blood, and obviously there's this whole thing. But the point is, is that holiness isn't transferred. Defilement is. And you have this picture of these guys. That's why Jesus was talking to all these. Oh, wait, go back to the woman at the well. I mean, the woman uh, with the issue of blood. She touched Jesus. She reached out and touched him. What happened? She was clean. We need to touch Jesus. We need to reach out and say, Lord, help me. He's the one who makes us clean. He's the one who makes us right. He's the one who makes us pure. Not all the actions that we do. That's the lie. The lie is that if you do all these things, then you are made right with God. No, we're right when we touch him. We're right when he reaches out and cleanses us. And now we live in obedience. Now that was the issue of salvation. We're saved because we touched him. But then there's discipleship, following after him. And now saying, okay, Lord, whatever you say I do. And the reason why I am going to church is because you go to church. You love these people. The reason why I'm giving is because you want me to give. The reason why I share your gospel is because you share the gospel. The reason why I, you know, I, I, I go and I go to a different land and meet different people or do whatever it is is because you do that. We, when we live in relationship with Christ, when he becomes everything to us, the things that make his heart beat begin to make our heart beat. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to prayer, to, to uh, the breaking of bread and to communion, you know? They devoted themselves. They chose to give themselves to him. Why? So they could be, you know, because of the actions? No, because they loved him and they knew him. They touched him. They felt him. They, they, he talked to them. He changed their life, and so therefore they rearranged their life around him and what he wanted. Did they have jobs? Did they have kids? Did they have all these things? Yes, same things we have. Not the internet, obviously, but you know what I'm talking about? On the 24th day of the ninth month, the second year, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Ask the priest, you know, if this holy stuff touches something else, does that become holy? No. If a defiled person touches uh, something, these things, does it become defiled? Yes. Then Haggai said, so it is with these people and this nation in my sight, declares the Lord. Whatever they do and whatever they offer has been defiled. You see, their actions were not clean because their hearts were not right towards God in the past. But now listen to what's happening. They've repented. They've turned their hearts towards God. And when you turn your heart towards God, guess what it's shown in? What you do. Faith without works is dead. It's shown in how you act. It's shown in what you say. It's shown by what we are. In verse 15 it says, now give real careful thought to this. From this day on, consider how things were before. One stone was laid on one another, the Lord's temple. When anyone came in the heap of 20 measures, there were only 10. He's talking about, remember the reason why I withheld these things. Your hearts were not with me. They weren't right. There were only 10. When anyone went to the wine vat to draw out 50 measures, there were only, uh, only uh, 
I'm sorry. I'm getting lost here. Only 20. I struck all the work of your hands with blight, with mildew and hail, and yet you did not turn to me, declares the Lord. Just because you're going through hard times under the discipline of the Lord doesn't mean you're going to turn to him, does it? And many of them didn't. But finally they woke up. From this day on, from this 24th day of the ninth month, give careful thought to the day when the foundations of the Lord's temple was, was laid. Give careful thought. Verse 19. Is there yet any seed left in the barn until now? The vine and the fig tree, the pomegranate and the olive oil have not borne fruit. You guys are just totally fruitless. But from this day on, I'm going to bless you. From this day on, I'm going to bless you. You've repented. You've turned towards me. You've reprioritized your life on me. And now I'm going to bless you. Those things that were an idol in your life are now not an idol. So cool. Have fun. Now, people would take this as a, as a, as a health, as a prosperity gospel, that God wants you to be rich. God wants you to have a bunch of stuff. This is not our home. This is not our home. All the things in this room, everything we have on this earth is going away. Does that mean we're not good stewards of them? We don't invest in, no, that does not mean. We, we take care of the things God's given us. But we live like Christ lived. 1 John 2, 26 if you say that you are Christ, then you must walk as Jesus walked. How did Jesus walk? Pretty scary, huh? When we try to justify and rationalize all these things, how did Jesus walk? How did he live? What did that look like? Do we know? See, this is what we're to be preoccupied with. And this, is, this all comes down to we're rebuilding the house. We're refocusing our relationships on Jesus. What in your life needs to change? What in your life needs to prioritize? I know I've got a list of several things that need to change in my life. God's working on me. But I've got to take them out one by one. Repent. And start to reprioritize Matt's life according to him. According to what he says. When that happens, when I start to move in that direction, God's going to empower me to do it. He's going to encourage me to do it. He's going to bless me. He's going to bless me. And that's what we long for. But if we're living for this world, if we're living for these things to acquire, accumulate, especially in this society, we're going to be miserable people, miserable Christians. Because that's not how it works. That's not the DNA. Live for Jesus. Go to him. Call out to him. Beg. I, I was listening to this guy, K.P. O'Hannon. He's an Indian. And, um, you know, just comes from a just a, a life of squalor. But anyways, uh, you know, Christian, serving God his whole life. And... You know, Dallas Seminary, you know, all this types of, uh, type of thing. Living in Dallas, accumulates all the books on his shelves, has all these things. And then he began to be, as he began to just, the Lord began to work in his heart and speak to him about his life and his lifestyle. You know, KP, you're, you're getting, you're importing soap from Europe that's a dollar fifty a bar. I know that this was a while ago. You know, while 
billions of people have never heard the name of Jesus. And this was his conviction. That he could stop doing this and start doing this because it was more of a priority for people to hear the gospel than for him to have this. And we take holiness and we say it's legalism. I'm telling you, holiness, being set apart for the Lord, the Lord just starts to deal with us on an individual basis about how we're living our lives. And in the end, you know, that Schindler's List thing, you know, when if I could just get one more, just one more, and if I could, and he has this watch on his hand, and he, he says, I could have bought one more person, you know, that wasn't thrown in the ovens. And I wonder if, you know, as we got done through re- reading Revelation, boy, Matt, you shouldn't have supersized that. You know, I mean, I don't know. You know what I mean? Just saying, there's just the opportunity, the heart beating for the lost. There are billions of people going to, I mean, millions of people. Never heard the name of Jesus. There's millions of people on this earth that have never heard his name. And we can reach them. You know, we can we can support people. We can do things. We can change our lives to do it. There's people here in this city that need our help. You know? And it's not about putting some kind of legal trip on us. It's about God, what's your spirit saying with us in our lifestyle? Father, if you're number one, then it can't look like this because I don't see it in here. And so I don't know what that looks like. I want to pray about it and abide and find out what's the Lord saying to his church? What's the Spirit saying to the church? But, you know, when we aren't winning people to Jesus, I wonder what's broken. And I just go back to how's the temple? How's that relationship with Jesus, Matt? (laughs) You know? And I'm sure when that begins to happen, that he will bless and he will pour out through us. So, but anyways, from this day on I will bless you. In verse 20, just reading through the end. The Lord of the Lord came to Haggai a second time on the 24th day of the month. Tell Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, that I will shake the heavens and the earth, and I will return royal thrones and shatter the power of the foreign kingdoms. I will overthrow chariots and their drivers, horses and their riders will fall each uh, by the sword of his brother. I'm going to do things again. And again, this is obviously prophetic. We're not living for now. We're living for then. You know, we're living for the kingdom. That's why we're living for eternity. And on that day, declares the Lord Almighty, I will take you, my servant Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, declares the Lord, and I will make you like this, the, my signet ring. For I have chosen you, declares the Lord Almighty. I don't want to get into it right now, but the is in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Um, but being being taken and used by God, I tell you what, there's just no greater thing to know that you are made by someone and he is using you for it. You have value in him. And I want each of us to experience that on such a deep level, that God loves you deeply. He's called you out of this life to die to it and not to be encompassed, not to camp, not to hang out and act like this is our home. It's not. And may the Spirit quicken our hearts and cause us to repent in every single way. Time is short. Time is short. The day of judgment approaches. People are dying every day. And I'll tell you what, you live with that, that lifestyle, you, you question everything you do. 
You question everything. All right, Lord. Is it cool if I go on this vacation? Sure. Matt, going to San Diego next week, you know? But the reason why I'm going to San Diego is I want to minister to my parents. I want to minister to my sister. There's some people down there that need to know about Jesus that I care about. There's some relationships that need to be rebuilt, you know? Time is short. It's not about Matt going and get away from you guys. Yeah, well, kind of. <laughs> Let us pray. Anyways, let's stand. Lord God, thank you for, your, for uh, your prophecy. Lord, I pray that we would be focused on changing our hearts towards you, just directing it. And Lord, would you show us what we're to do and where we're to look? I pray that we would be holy, that we'd be set apart from this world. That we'd be in it, but not of it. Lord, this can't be dictated. But Lord, it sure can be just a, a work of your spirit in our lives. So bless our prayer meeting, Lord. Bless, bless our fellowship. Bless our week. Cause us to cry out every day, Lord, take me, use me. Bless these people. Guide my step. Bring me the lost. Help me have the words to share. Help me to be kind to someone who needs help on the side of the road. Whatever it is, Lord, just lead us. In your name, amen.